1: That's not how it goes?
0: That's not
2: how
1: anything goes. m really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe
2: that. Charlamagne is the wild card.
1: And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I
2: know that's right. (laughs) What is wrong with you?
1: Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 106.7 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B.
3: Apple. The name is synonymous with sleek, sexy technology.
2: But before this company with undeniable appeal became the first American public company to hit $1 trillion in value,
3: its future wasn't so certain. From ousting a co-founder to fighting off feature creep, the company found itself in a precarious position.
2: And that spurned co-founder would return to pull Apple back from the brink.
3: So, today we're tackling a really huge topic, a company that actually has multiple incidents in its history that you mm-hmm. could argue is the brink. But this time we're really looking at Apple and the experience of Steve Jobs being pushed out of the company and then returning to. Hold back yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> to save this company from yes. the brink of bankruptcy.
2: To do that, let's just briefly talk about. Apple's
3: history. Sure. So you got a couple of phone freaks. Mm -hmm. That's what they called people who, they were essentially like hackers, except instead of hacking computers, they were hacking the phone system. Yes. And using various devices and methodologies to get free phone calls. And you had two Steves. You had Wozniak and Jobs. And between the two of them, Wozniak was the engineer and Jobs was the marketing genius. Yes. They decided to found their own company. They were both members of like a homebrewing computer club yes. in California. And they decided, hey, we could probably make our own computers and sell them to people. So April 1st, April Fool's Day, <laughs> 1976, almost one year to the day after the founding of Microsoft, they founded Apple. Yes, Yes. The very first Apple computer, you can actually see pictures of the Apple One. No Mm -hmm. one ever talks about it because only a few were ever sold. Well, it was made for Wozniak's Hobbyist Club. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't meant for the general public. This was back in a time where the people who were buying personal computers were computer nerds. Mm -hmm. And I use that term affectionately. I consider myself a computer nerd. Yes. But this was not meant for the average person's living room or anything like that. The the cases were made, like the original Apple one, there are cases of it where it was made in wood, like a big wooden case Mm -hmm. holding all the electronics. Some, they would just send the electronics to you and you would put it all together and you'd make a case yourself. So very early design, but they knew immediately That they were going to have to go back to the drawing board, make a new version, and try and cater that to a broader audience. Yes.
2: So they made the Apple II. So Apple I had no mouse and no keyboard. Mm -hmm. And Apple II... I'm guessing maybe had those things, but it. it well, they
3: had the keyboard. The they Apple had the II. Keyboard. So, so they had the
2: keyboard. The <laughs> Apple
3: II was. Uh, this was before they had graphical user interfaces in personal computers. So it was all command line. That meant that you mm-hmm. had to type in all of this stuff. I remember they did have color graphics. I think it could show up to eight whole colors. Ooh. It was primitive, obviously, compared to today's standards. But it was a computer that started to catch on. Mm -hmm. And then Jobs would go and start looking for some mentors to help him grow this company and go from a essentially two-man operation out of your stereotypical garage in California Mm -hmm. to a real company of decent size. Yeah, and he
2: found Mike Marcula, who was a retired engineer and marketing manager for Intel, and he came on. He bought a third of the company. Yep. And kind of helped them turn their little garage business into...
3: A real thing. A real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they hired on Regis McKenna to do some advertising. Who Mm -hmm. He was the guy who actually designed the original Apple logo. Yes. And before long, they were doing quite well considering that this is the birth of the home computer industry.
2: Yeah. And then in 1980, they go public and they sold 4.6 million shares at $22 a pop and sold them all in just minutes.
3: Yep. They released the Apple 3 but there were a lot of problems with it. A lot of chips were not seated properly in that machine. And so it experienced a lot of failures.
2: Yeah, they were worried about the Apple II getting out of date. And so they kind of forewent a lot of their Q&A process. They
3: they rushed it. And uh, because, you know, obviously everyone's thinking, well, computers, they get obsolete pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, the Apple II line would be one of the longest running lines of computers. Yeah. Now, they had different versions. There was like the Apple II, the Apple IIe, the Apple IIgs, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But it, they got a lot of mileage out yeah. of that.
2: Whereas the Apple III was discontinued in just a few years. Yep.
3: So 1981, they release 2.6 million more shares of stock. They sell out. And they also had to deal with the fallout of the Apple III not succeeding in the market yes. so well, which meant – there were layoffs. That's what I mean when dealing with the fallout.
2: Yes. Markula became president and Jobs became chairman, and they released a lot of new software, mm-hmm. like 40 programs or so.
3: 1982, they've been in business six years. Mm-hmm. They become the first personal computer company to make $1 billion in sales. Now that's in sales, not in profit, but still a billion dollars. It's enormous.
2: Yes. Yes.
3: 650,000 computers sold by the company at that point.
2: Yes. But then IBM beats out Apple for personal computers in Europe. So...
3: Yeah, the writing was on the wall here. So Apple was still trying to develop the next big thing mm-hmm. in computers. One of them was a project that Steve Jobs himself was headed, and that was called Lisa. Lisa was named after Jobs's daughter. Aww. No one... Remembers the Lisa either because one, it was incredibly expensive. Yes, very few people could afford it, and two, it had pretty limited software because since no one could afford to buy one, software developers had no reason to make, make software stuff. for yeah. it. Like, like, well, no one's going to buy it because there aren't enough computers out there. Yes,
2: but it did have a mouse.
3: It did. It In did comes have a mouse. A mouse. <laughs> so this was this was after Steve Jobs had had a visit to Xerox Park. And over at Xerox, they had been showing off the mouse and graphical user interface for a decade. Yes. And he essentially took those ideas and ran with them. Yes, he did. And in
2: 1983, Jobs brings in John Scully to be Apple's president. He had previously been the CEO of Pepsi.
3: 1984. That's when you get the iconic commercial from Apple that was advertising the Macintosh computer. I remember that commercial. It was modeled to remind you of George Orwell's novel, 1984. Mm-hmm. And it was this dark, foreboding, dystopian kind of hallway with a bunch of people dressed in very drab clothes. It's lit in this blue gray lighting, and they all file into this big auditorium to watch this giant screen. And then occasionally it cuts to this woman wearing a white tank top and red shorts. Those are yes. Apple's colors running down a hallway carrying a big freaking hammer Mm -hmm. and then she hurls the hammer at the screen crashing it and Apple's like what's up IBM we're coming for you Yeah. I'm paraphrasing.
2: No, you are. They sold these Macintosh computers for about $2,500.
3: Yes, they were a very expensive computer.
2: But they sold 70,000 of them in the first 100 days, which is not too bad.
3: Yeah, the Apple II was still their top-selling computer and would be for quite some time. But the Macintosh was able to make some success where the Lisa had failed. Mm -hmm. However... By this time, Steve Jobs was kind of on thin ice because Mm -hmm. we've probably heard stories about Steve Jobs and his managerial style. Yes. Being difficult might be a nice way of putting it, but he had kind of rubbed people the wrong way on the Lisa project. And then he decided to adopt the Macintosh project mm-hmm. once he was pulled off of that. And he began to rub people the wrong way on the Macintosh project. The, the original concept for the Macintosh was that it was going to be a low-cost computer. Mm-hmm. But Jobs' involvement changed that dramatically. And this whole time, he was starting to alienate people. And it wasn't just some of the engineers who were getting alienated. Mm-hmm. John Scully was really not pleased either. Yeah,
2: no. The the company infighting and overproduction and stuff like that was a big problem. So Jobs, you know, there's, there's obviously this tension. Jobs tries to oust Scully, and Scully tries to oust Jobs.
3: Yeah, and ultimately Scully would win this fight. Mm-hmm. So essentially, the, the way the story tends to be told is that Steve Jobs just found himself essentially removed from all projects – So he had nothing to do. He was coming to Apple, but he was not allowed to work on anything. And that his office space was literally moved to the outskirts of the Apple campus. And so he was essentially being put in the closet and told not to do anything. Mm -hmm. And so some stories say he was fired. Some stories say he resigned. But effectively, he was told he wasn't welcome there anymore. And he walks away. In 1985. Yep. And he would go on to found a totally different company.
2: And uh, Scully did some reorganization and caused Apple to have some growth and move into the business market.
3: And then things took a turn for the worse.
2: They did.
3: So Steve Jobs, he goes and founds another company called Next. As for Apple, well, we'll find out what happens to them next. But (laughs) first, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor.
4: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever.
1: Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.
0: Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale, extend your spine, remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly leaning to one side, inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council.
3: Okay, so Steve Jobs has been forced out of the company. Things continue more or less on a, a good track for Apple for the next mm-hmm. couple of years. And then 1988, things start to go. Well, I was going to say sour, but we're Ooh. talking about Apple. Pear sour shaped. Apple. They start going pear shaped. That's better. I like that better.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, a couple of things happened in 88. Apple bought a bunch of memory chips. They thought there was going to be a shortage. So they
3: go and buy a bunch of chips at full price mm-hmm. to stock up on these.
2: And then the prices drop.
3: So they then have overpaid yes. for chips, that, and there's no shortage to be found. So they then increased the prices on Macintosh computers, which were already mm-hmm. expensive computers on the market. Apple products have always been kind of geared toward people of more means. Yes. Almost to the point of luxury products. Yes. And so part of that was that that has much higher profit margins, right? Mm -hmm. You can sell these things for much more than they cost to build and you make more money. But that became such a point of focus that the business overall began to suffer. Yeah.
2: People said, I'm not paying those prices for buying computers for people for the holidays. I'm just going to buy an Apple 3.
3: Yeah. This, this device that nobody really wanted.
2: And then they make some upper end models for business. IBM is doing the same thing.
3: And they go through some reorganization. They go into a company that now has four major divisions, which are built into three regions and then products. products. Yeah. Yes. So you got USA, <laughs> Europe, the Pacific, and then products. And depending on who you were, you might Think that the changes were really, really great for the company and other people said, I'm I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm putting on my walking shoes.
2: And then in 1989, Apple got hit with some lawsuits. From Xerox. Xerox. For stealing their stuff.
3: Yeah. Oddly enough, Xerox was suing someone for copying them. Oh. That was a copier joke. I got it. Okay. Uh,
2: <laughs> but here's the crazy thing. Apple won that lawsuit because you can't apparently copyright look and feel of a product.
3: Yeah. So this was one of those things where I guess we should be thankful that copyright was narrowed in focus. Otherwise, if you happen to make something that just looks kind of like someone else, but or someone else's product, but isn't clearly infringing on it, Mm -hmm. you don't want to get hit by a frivolous lawsuit. So in 1990, they start releasing lower-priced computer models, which move. People want them. But again, that profit margin, if you're selling a computer closer to the amount that it costs you to make it, obviously you're not making as much money per sale. So that that did not create a great incentive Mm -hmm. for Apple. That's, again, why they really focused on those more expensive computers. And
2: another problem is you've got these companies who all have PCs. Since Macs were... Even the cheaper ones are still kind of expensive. They wouldn't work with the PCs.
3: Right. The PC software won't run on a Macintosh yeah, so computer. So the
2: company would have to, on the business end, replace everything if they wanted to switch over to Macs. Yeah, so much.
3: so they were having a real hard time getting any kind of traction in the corporate world.
2: In 1994, they came out with the Power Macintosh. Yep. And it was a huge demand
3: Way more than what they anticipated.
2: Yeah, because previously they had overestimated demand of some of their products. And so Spender tried to make up for that. And they ended up having a billion dollars worth of undelivered orders. Yikes. And their stock dropped quite a bit. And Spender was forced out in 1995.
3: And then you have Gil Emilio, who came in to take over in 1996. Mm -hmm. Emilio is kind of a tragic figure in our story. He He, is. he, He came in... At a rough time and things only got rougher and then he got kicked to the curb, spoiler (laughs) alert. So he had to find a way to make Apple more profitable, Mm -hmm. which frequently means the first step is to cut some of those costs and cutting costs almost always includes laying off employees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he had to do rounds of layoffs. He had to deal with some other bureaucratic problems and This was at a time when the company was really hemorrhaging money, Mm -hmm. so it was of critical importance. Meanwhile, as this is going on, internally in Apple, you had a division of developers who were busy at work trying to create the next version of the Mac operating system. And I'm not going to get super technical here because I know... Tech stuff guy. Yeah. Our editor will yell at me if I do, (laughs) uh, justifiably. The problem was that they were developing this new operating system. They really wanted to overhaul the operating system they had been using for the Macintosh because they had just been making sort of incremental improvements. Mm -hmm. They wanted to make something truly revolutionary, but feature creep started to come in. People kept on changing the scope of what the operating system was supposed to do, which would change the demands and the hardware. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing spiraled out of control. Emilio comes in and he essentially inherits this problem. Yes. He's given a presentation of what's going on. And he says, this is unacceptable. We cannot do this. We need to solve this problem now. And unfortunately, I don't think we can solve it with the people who we have here. Mm-hmm. We're going to look outside the company and find an operating system out there on the market that we think will work with our products and we'll go with that. And he looks around and he sees one company- <laughs> that seems to have an operating system that could be the future of Macintosh. That company is a company called Next, which had as its founder... Steve Jobs. Yes. So Gil Emilio, a couple of CEOs down the road from when Jobs was forced out, comes in and says, we're going to have to acquire this company, Next, and the deal is for a $337 million acquisition deal. And as part of it, Steve Jobs would come over as a consultant To work Mm -hmm. with them.
2: By that time, they had lost about $1 billion. And Steve Jobs went to the board of directors once Emilio brought him in and said that Emilio had to go.
3: Yep. So out goes Emilio. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jobs going over his head in this Uh, case. So Steve Jobs, being the big man that he is, says, you know what? Don't worry. I can run this ship for a little while Mm -hmm. while you try and find a permanent CEO, and he becomes the interim CEO. Yes. That would be an interim CEO until he became the permanent CEO. Yes,
2: and he made a new board with a bunch of movers and shakers like Bill Campbell of Intuit and Larry Ellison of Oracle, for
3: an example. Apple launched a new ad campaign. They were trying to kind of reposition themselves as a new company Mm -hmm. that adhered back to the old philosophy of Apple and he also reached out to an unlikely collaborator
2: he reached out to Bill Gates at Microsoft
3: <laughs> yeah it's one of those things where apple and microsoft clearly had a rivalry going for a long time uh, in fact you could argue they still do because microsoft was making the operating system that mm-hmm. the ibm clones were all running on cuz microsoft made windows a lot of people argued that windows was a copy of mac os although really they were both copies of a xerox yes operating system jobs would introduce this deal at a presentation by putting up bill gates on video boy howdy did it get a reaction
2: yeah people booed it people are real big apple like if you're if you're an apple devotee you're
3: you know it was like seeing that steve jobs had made a deal with mephistopheles
2: yeah but jobs said you know he didn't really care about that because he was doing what was right for the company he wasn't trying to win a popularity contest Apple gets $150 million worth of investment from Microsoft. Mm
3: -hmm. Microsoft starts to look a little bit better. It had been going through its own struggles Mm -hmm. uh, at the time. And part of this was probably a little bit of helping Microsoft improve its public image. Mm -hmm. But you also saw some real collaboration in this part. And, you know, a lot of people say that without that deal... Apple might have folded because in retrospect, a lot of people say that when Jobs came in, essentially he saved the company. Mm -hmm. But time doesn't work that fast. It actually took quite some time for this turnaround to happen. And a lot of people point to this moment where Jobs was able to reach out to Bill Gates and get that investment from Microsoft. As the lifeline that Apple needed in order to have the freedom to turn things around. Yeah,
2: and I mean, Apple still had some money at that point, but they were hemorrhaging it. So Microsoft got non-voting shares of Apple Mm -hmm. and agreed to support Office for the Macintosh for five years. And Apple dropped the lawsuit they had against Microsoft, claiming they were copying them.
3: Yep, so... Things got smoothed out a little bit between the two companies. Meanwhile, Jobs got to work over at Apple. And by getting to work, he started scaling back, actually. He Mm -hmm. thought that the company had diversified too far into various computer products that got further away from their strengths, like printers and things like that.
2: scanners, Xerox type stuff. Yeah, they went down from 19 products to
3: four. Yeah, he said by reducing this down to four products, we can become the absolute best in making those four things and stop diluting our focus onto these other things. Yeah. So at this point, he has laid off around 3,000 people. Oof. They closed down some of the fabrication plants mm-hmm. that were existed in uh, Apple. They did a reorganization of executives because obviously Jobs wanted people working in the departments who would be loyal to him yes. and would share his vision. And they also got to work on a super secret project. But we'll talk about that after a brief word from our sponsor.
0: Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary... What's really terrifying, and even deadly, is distracted driving. Eyes forward, don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
3: Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, and when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning.
2: We also talked to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like.
3: Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL.
2: Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app.
3: So, Apple has really made its name in the personal computer business, but... At this point, when Steve Jobs has taken back over, some things begin to change at Apple. One of the things started to reflect things that Steve Jobs had thought were important from the beginning, which involved aesthetics, not Uh just the specifications of a computer, but the design, how it actually looked. And one of the most important people at Apple to help define this is a guy named Johnny Ive, now Sir Johnny Ive. He's got a knighthood. But he is credited with coming up with some of the most iconic product designs, including stuff like the iPhone.
2: Yes. But first, the iMac.
3: Yes. Which uh, was those very colorful all-in-one computers. They look like a television set that had like a big CRT television set. Yeah.
2: And they had no floppy drive and they did have easy internet access and they didn't really work with previous accessories for Macintosh computers and I worked for a while as a daycare teacher. Yeah. And we got one of these for our office. And growing up, you know, a Commodore Amiga PC girl.
3: Using command lines and stuff yeah, like that.
2: Using this Apple computer was no fun for me. Whenever it broke down or froze up, I felt like there was nothing I could do. I used to say that the handle, and maybe I heard this from somebody else, but the handle on top of the iMac was so that you could pick it up easily and throw it out the window when you got frustrated. And
3: that little pinwheel would just stop turning. And oh, it would just stop.
2: it killed me. Uh, <laughs> this is probably why I'm an Android girl.
3: <laughs> However... While it might have killed Ariel, it was killing it in the sales. Yes, it was. They, uh, in 1998, Apple posts a $300 million profit, mm-hmm. quite a turnaround from the company that was in a dangerous place just a couple of years earlier.
2: And that doubled in 1999 to $601 million.
3: In 2000, Steve Jobs would officially become the permanent CEO of Apple, no mm-hmm. longer interim. And in 2001, we get to the product that I really think cemented Apple's place. It was the one that more than any of the Macs, the iMacs, any of those, I think this is what gave mm-hmm. Apple the pathway to becoming a trillion dollar company.
2: Yeah, it was the iPod.
3: The iPod, which is not the first MP3 player. Mm-mm. Other MP3 players had come out before it. But Apple is not known as a company that pioneers a new technology Typically, the iPhone aside, I would argue yeah. the iPhone kind of is a mm. pioneering product because there were so few smartphones yes. for consumers. What Apple is really good at doing is recognizing a form factor, putting its own spin on it, and then convincing people this is what you want. Yes. And I say that with all due respect because I think most Apple products are really, really good. Mm-hmm. And it might not be exactly what you wanted when you started out, but Apple's also very good at convincing you otherwise. And the iPod is a great example of that. You had this approach to creating an MP3 player that was very intuitive even back in the click wheel days. Mm-hmm. It only got better as it went along. It was what helped cement Apple as a true electronics company they yeah. diversified from computers they grew their business and suddenly they said ah if we make things along these lines we can make more money we can strengthen our company without diluting our focus too much mm-hmm. that i think more than anything else is what really saved it apple it was it
2: was really a collaborative innovation technique yeah And then in 2002, they acquire a few companies, they expand their stores overseas, and they get an Emmy for technology.
3: Yep. And in 2003, they made a deal with the five big record labels to allow Apple to sell music from those record labels in their brand new iTunes store. They released software where you could rip music from a CD and you could take that music and then... Transfer it to your iPod, Mm -hmm. but you couldn't just purchase digital music. Apple really began to set the tone and changed the music industry Mm -hmm. as a result. Like the way albums are even designed, like as in the way the songs are constructed, has changed because of Apple. And the fact that we call them podcasts (laughs) is because of the iPod. iPod, Even though you would argue the iPod's not really that big of a thing anymore because our smartphones can do it, it changed everything. Mm -hmm. And without the iPod, I don't think they would have had the foundation for other products like the iPhone. Which came out in 2007. Or the iPad. Which came came out out in 2010. 2010. (laughs) And it was only because of that, because of the iPod, that the company was able to go forward with Mm -hmm. those other products. So you could argue the two big brink moments here were bringing Steve Jobs back, Mm -hmm. which then led to clearing house And then also creating this opportunity by putting in a risk and going in a new direction with electronics. Apple has never been the biggest player as far as market share goes in the computer space. No. It has improved since the dark days of Apple Mm -hmm. when it was getting down into the low single digits of percentages. But unless you were in an industry like video editing or audio editing, where Macintosh computers were kind of the standard, unless you were in those fields, you were far more likely to run into a PC than a Mac. The iPod was able to change things around. And in 2011, we had the sad event of Steve Jobs passing away. Mm -hmm. Due to pancreatic cancer. He had been fighting cancer for a decade and he took a medical leave from Apple and stepped down as CEO. Tim Cook became the CEO, and then Steve Jobs passed away. We
2: started off with a brief look at how it started. Now we're going to look at where it is now. Uh, Currently, Apple is worth more than $800 billion.
3: So, yeah, they were at a trillion briefly. Now they're still hovering around there. They could Mm -hmm. be back over a trillion before you know it. It changes so quickly. And they've sold more than 200 million iPods since Mm -hmm. the launch of the product. They've sold more than 500 million iPhones. Mm -hmm. And then the iPad, which anyone who's listened to tech stuff knows, I thought the iPad was going to be a huge flop. Nope. Nope. They've sold quite a few of those. Yes.
2: 200 million of those as well. Yeah. And this isn't really important, but they're coming out with a new iOS release real soon. As of recording this, and in that are 77 new emojis, some of which are redheads. Uh, Like, I couldn't ever emoji myself before. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I won't be able to now because I don't have an iPhone, but... uh.
3: Well, that is the brink moment we wanted to focus on here. I mean, again, we could be revisiting Apple several times. There are individual products within Apple Mm -hmm. that you could argue have their own brink moments. The Macintosh is a great example. Mm And maybe we will revisit those in the future. But this was one of those iconic stories we really wanted to dive into because the simplified version of Steve Jobs came back and saved the company does a big disservice to how complicated that story actually was. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. We will be coming back with another company, maybe one that doesn't even start with the letter A in the next (laughs) episode. Until next time, I've been Jonathan Strickland.
2: And I've been Ariel Caston. Hey, that starts with an A.
3: If you would like to learn more about what we've talked about, as well as keep track of all of our episodes, make sure you visit our website at thebrinkpodcast.show.
2: Or you can email us at feedback at thebrinkpodcast.show. Snakes. Zombies.
0: Sharks. Sharks